0: Finally, kind of started to see this, and it, it's fantastic because it's just amazing cultural experiences that the students were able to do.
1: Drillock like here for Franklin Matters Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on in the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local franklin mass fm radio dial 102.9 here today in studio with another chalkboard chat with our school committee
0: chair dave callahan dave happy monday how are you doing Hey, i'm doing well we're coming off a february vacation everybody's back into the to the grind and uh but um, i'm thankful to be here doing another episode with you oh good oh good because
1: for some people who may have noticed i've spent Three weeks away almost and hopefully people didn't notice too too much but i did want, miss one critical meeting that was the school committee but now you can help fill me in as to what i missed and that's what we're about to do
0: absolutely because uh, <laughs> yeah we uh yeah we, we cleared our schedule so that way you didn't miss too much no of course uh, and i appreciate that uh, anything, appreciate and anything the town you.
1: council as well i mean they did one and now the other one's coming up this week
0: so i didn't miss any council meetings we try to be thoughtful <laughs> here but uh, yeah we had uh, we had a great uh, school committee meeting uh, this is on the uh, it was the the day of the big snowstorm the big but then
1: kind of s- s- dis- dissipated <laughs> yeah the
0: snowstorms that we've been seeing in the past I feel like a couple of years where the kids get all excited the night before and then it, it fizzles just, out yeah
1: that track line just kind of shifts and apparently Rhode Island didn't even get as much as they were supposed to be in the coastal version so
0: yeah whatever but uh, but yeah, we always still we went we had a we had a great school committee meeting. Mm-hmm. And um, we had an amazing presentation uh, from uh, Jen Knight with the SAFE Coalition. Yes,
1: she always has some great data and insights. And it's unfortunate, but she's dealing with a lot of our real issues in a direct way. And if people aren't aware of what's going on, they need to listen to that. And then certainly she's made some town council presentations. And the story
0: changes a little bit in terms of some of the numbers, but the impact is real absolutely and and the fact that it, you know I especially i feel like in franklin there's so much of that like you know it, it doesn't happen here mm-hmm. these are stories that, that right. are right. in elsewhere in other cities um, and towns but it's there a lot of the you know it's it's happening here okay. and a lot of the, the stuff that she kind of talks about is with students that like you know go to the franklin school system but it, she's an incredible resource you know, so thankful mm-hmm. uh that uh, we have the safe coalition here in franklin
1: and she spent pr- pr- primarily her point was to bring awareness around the uh, mitigation to avoid suspensions which clearly from an educational perspective that's key right because the students are not going to learn if they're suspended right so she has brought in obviously with the team the coalition and grant funding etc that program which now the, hopefully will gradually be making some effect.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's a like a three day program, where you know, you're right. with the, the suspension, it's just you know, you know, it's it's that crime and punishment you know kind mm-hmm. of go, and then it's you hope that it's all restored and it's it's all done. Right. But it's, they, she takes such a wonderful the whole Safe Coalition educational perspective. Right. to this and to right. really hope that uh, when the students are leaving students and the, the families as, as well that's part of it
1: clearly yeah. the parents need to be involved or the guardians however the arrangement is because there's not quite in all cases the quote
0: standard family we're used to talking about but that it's yeah it is all encompassing that that everybody kind of walks out of there just stronger and you know more more cohesive because when we talk about like the the, the families and the guardians and mm-hmm. That, she said that one of the, her, when, they, when they'll when do a survey and they talk about, like, the trusted adults in mm. some of these students' lives, their drug dealers were coming up as a, as a trusted adult. Because they, the students were saying, well, they're reliable. That if I need a ride, they're going to pick me up. That if they say that they're going to be at this location at this time. They're dependable. <laughs> and it's like, oh, goodness. So it's, And they make a bunch of money at it. It's, it's like, it's, really? Yeah. And uh, so that... I think it's, you know, when I heard it just as a as a dad, it was such a gut punch. But I would imagine that as they kind of they do these these programs, Mm -hmm. and they kind of they bring in and and they kind of you know show the families and the guardians some of these statistics that hopefully it really kind of pulls everybody together, Uh, because it's it's a community issue.
1: It is a community issue, and I think we've talked here and in other formats that unfortunately the schools really are on the front line. Of resolving kind of a society issue, and they should not be alone. And I know ta- the town has made a great deal of effort within their funding, which is a separate issue, and I know we'll get to that as well. But within their funding, in terms of bringing in, you know, the it was originally the jail diversion. Now it's the social workers that are traveling with the police, etc. There's a crisis intervention team. The town is starting truly to address. The social needs from a town perspective, instead of just leaving it all on the schools front, which is not fair because you can't do it alone. You're supposed to be doing the education piece, and obviously, if somebody's hung- hungry, they're not going to learn. If somebody's got a bad home environment, that's going to affect their learning, and you can't you you can't avoid it. But how do we,
0: as a community, deal with it? That's really the issue, and that's you yeah, <laughs> know we're incredibly thankful. That we do have that that safe coalition that kind of right resource in the backyard, and uh, but and that's something too where it kind of uh, we have been working with them for you know, for quite some time. Yep. When I was uh, you know I served on the we had like the mental health uh, task force, correct? And the Safe Coalition literally opened their doors, and when they moved into um, Down in Haywood
1: I, Circle, yep, yep,
0: yep. Uh, we were able to to kind of have all of our morning <coughs> meetings over there, and so they've always just been. Uh, terrific, amazing asset, mm-hmm. uh, both to, to the school committee uh, and to, to the entire town. But uh, it kind of came from, uh, while well, we all been working with them, we have like their good of the order. Yes. And so, uh, you know, the first meeting of a new month, I kind of open up to, you know, to the committee, and whoever, anybody who has any ideas, suggestions about ways of improvement. Mm-hmm. And this was one that came from, um, you know, a committee member, O'Sullivan, and uh, where she was like, you know, I really want to be able to kind of explore what are we doing with Safe Coalition? Can we be doing more? And then Lucas uh, had said, like the very next day, he ran into, started uh, putting that together, sure. and then just a couple of weeks later, they were in front of us and providing an incredibly somber but impactful yeah. presentation. Yeah. Jen, I remember. I think it was at the beginning of '23.
1: I want to say January. She gave a 45-minute stand-up presentation off the cuff, and yet she just delivered powerfully. And then answered the council's questions in the course of that. It, it was a, a performance from just from a delivery and a knowledge point. She, she delivers and she's walking the talk. It's great to have them here. Um, it's unfortunate that they have to be here, but at least we have that resource. Exactly. exactly.
0: You know, it, it doesn't do us any good to, to put our heads in the sand. No. And so these problems exist, and we have an incredible, incredible resource uh, through the SAFE Coalition. Mm-hmm. Then you had a couple of
1: trip requests. So even from my perspective where this is another sign, and I've seen it from the community uh, calendar event, f- growing to the extent that more and more uh, establishments, restaurants are adding entertainment at nights we're, we're getting past kind of the COVID days and now schools are getting back into regular trips to go to some
0: rather enchanting and edu- educational places. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, the ones that we had, it was, uh, one was for Italy another one was for Costa Rica. Uh, and we've already, there's been other ones that have come come before us too, but yeah, you're right. That it's, there was, there was a low where obviously that, that wasn't happening um, and nobody was traveling. Yeah. And, and these ones, there's, such a long build-up yes. too. you know yeah. like so many of these projects and, and field trips aren't for a year two years down the road but they kind of you know they need the school committee approval first right and then they'll start to kind of gather up the interest and kind of start working out mm-hmm. uh, that away and so yeah we're, we're finally kind of started to see this and right. it's fantastic because yeah. it's just amazing cultural experiences yep. that the students were able to do and you know one of the great things because like cost always kind of gets brought up
1: absolutely and
0: uh, you know and, Certainly, rightfully so. But one of the things when you when you look at it, like um, you got a family of four, mm-hmm. and if we were to try to go to some of these places, if we were to you know pick up my family and sure. go to Italy, yeah. it, it's <coughs> cost per a fortune. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the fact that a lot of the families are able to say, well, you know, we we have one high school student right now. Right and it's not the whole family of four right now mm-hmm. the high schooler is going to go and then in a little while you know yep. when, once teddy's a little bit older he'll get to go yep. off and he'll do his thing yep. uh it, it really kind of provides it at a great price point when it is just that one student one sure. child is able yeah. to kind of go forward yep. um, but uh one of the things that often kind of comes up from the committee does talk about that absolutely. that price uh, and the accessibility
1: mm-hmm. accessibility affordability it's an economic justice piece absolutely and granted we are somewhat of a more wealthy community than some others, but there there are still challenges.
0: Certainly, and uh, but uh, one of the things uh, that, uh, you know, I think we're going to start hearing about uh, moving forward, I was actually able to kind of have a conversation with the superintendent about that, mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to try to look now, uh, instead of, uh, they're, they're reaching out directly to the company uh, right. that we've been using, sure. and seeing if we can kind of find some destinations with a good price point, yes. as opposed to look at destinations, Nations and then say, well, this is how much it costs. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, so that works, and so I think mm-hmm. for a lot of families that look at this and say, you know, that's something that we could just never afford, right. and I completely understand mm-hmm. that. I respect um, that point of view as well. Yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> we're certainly looking at some other alternatives to kind of provide some other, uh, still provide some amazing cultural field trips, mm-hmm. just at a, at a different price point. That yeah, might be. And
1: the other piece, and it may be part of that discussion, but having been in my parent days when my kids were going through, both of them benefited from an EF tour. Um, but there's also a bunch of places within the U.S. that could be available as well that would still have a number of benefits. Because if you haven't gone outside of Franklin, yea verily, there is another world outside, <laughs> even in the U.S. There are places that are... Really challenging to visit in some cases, and certainly exciting in other cases. And that doesn't have to be across the border,
0: <laughs> exactly. And that's something else too: is that they're also going to be looking at those. You know, where can we go that doesn't require a passport? Because the second that yeah, you know, if if you do a, a longer term uh, stay down in DC, mm-hmm. there is plenty oh, yes. to fill the hours uh, down in DC, and uh, you know, but that would certainly be a lot less than right you know, the trip halfway around the world. So that, that will be coming for, for those who have kind of been listening, and uh, I think it'll, the superintendent is planning to uh, he'll probably mention it at the next next meeting. Yeah, and
1: EF Tours, certainly, they, they've been around for a bit. Um, both my daughters had benefited, as I mentioned. One daughter, actually, during her co-op time at uh, Northeastern, spent one of her co-ops inside at EF Tours. So she has her actual work experience with them as well. So yeah, they are a good company. Uh, obviously they're meeting the market need and I'm sure they can adjust and help us, you know, provide a better price point and still provide an educational experience.
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about where that might yep. might lead to as well. For sure.
1: And then you got into some budget previews,
0: I think. We did, yeah. We kind of talk about price point. Uh, <laughs> talk you know, about kinda, price points. You know, the, the price point of a uh, public education Uh, here in Franklin and uh, if you thought that the trip to Italy was expensive Mm -hmm. um, so the Lucas uh, the superintendent uh, Dr. Dutch the entire team um, you know over at central office did an amazing job of just presenting uh, the budget just as as facts Mm -hmm. and starting with a level service
1: budget Right. So let's spend some time on that term specifically, because I think the numbers themselves may change over time. Clearly, as you go through, make some adjustments, the town's going to do stuff, state's going to do stuff. But the terms, I think, for this particular point makes the most sense to spend time on. So level service, as I understand, you can clarify. So if we had last year's services, which is being delivered to the schools right now, right, so. From September through June, those services, that level of support would require X dollars to be provided
0: as level service for next year. Exactly. So no change from what's going on right now, just to take the exact same educational product that we have today and move it forward to September, that's level service. Mm -hmm. And a a huge chunk of that, uh, the presentation was just talking about that and where what the effective ask would be is is almost a 10% increase just to be able to provide level risk. And that still leaves out one of
1: the hot topics from last time where we cut all the middle school, after school programs and the extra, the late bus, et cetera. That's not in the level service because it wasn't in
0: this year. Exactly. So yeah, like everything that, you know, when, when you started, you know, when, when your kid kind of came home in September mm-hmm. and was like, well, what about this program that I loved? What about this club that I loved? And that you you know you kind of realize was had been cut, that level of service is saying it's it's not coming back right now. Right. It's just to yeah to just to kind of copy and paste one school year to the next, is still going to require a, a, an enormous increase uh, yeah. from what we you know from, from FY24 right. to now where we're going to be right. in FY25.
1: And at least ticking through kind of the common ones. Certainly, there's some cost of living increase based upon some costs built into the program in terms of obviously inflation costs for the health care, contractual obligations, I think the other two key pieces, certainly uh, special ed and transportation pieces, those increases, I know, what was it two years ago, the budget on some special ed costs went up 14 <laughs> percent versus the normal two to three. It's down somewhat, but it's still an increase, and when you look at level service, that's an increase that's gonna give us much more to do the same this year. I mean, next year versus this year. Mm -hmm. So,
0: yeah. And then we also had, you know, I know we've talked at length about this too, but the the ESSER funding, Uh, Yes. there's, you know, like there's been a considerable amount of, this is all federal funding that kind Mm -hmm. of came through COVID. And uh, there was this half a million dollars of Mm ESSER funding that went into some great initiatives that we don't have anymore. Right, it's all done, and so if we're looking to kind of take a lot of the, and, uh, I mean, it's like interventionists, uh, digital
1: learning Interventionist, DLI for the acronym. Yeah, yeah. There's
0: some, uh, a lot of like support uh, staff, like like teachers are going in and kind of like doing like pullouts, helping students. It mm-hmm. might be, you know, just need that little help. part of that multi tier support system exactly. that we've talked about. And so, the, you know, they kind of talk about like the elevators, so those that, that need, you know, the additional assistance to kind of bring them up, someone that are performing well to continue to have, perform at that excellent rate. Um, half a million dollars that will have to kind of be absorbed into the operating budget. Again, just for that exact same level of mm-hmm. service that we're looking at. Correct. And then a number of, um, there was, you know, we really had to rely on the revolving accounts last year. Yes. And as, as you know, Miriam Goodman had consistently kind of pointed out that that's it when break open that piggy bank you've
1: dipped into it as far as you can go it's gone
0: (laughs) and so uh there's there was a lot of one-time injections of cash uh that we have uh, had that we will not have access to in fy25 and so that's where all of a sudden you really see that that 10 Mm percent increase of just exactly what we have here you know and there's so many wish lists that everybody, you know, might be might be talking about wanting to kind of re-include, you know, the world languages at the elementary school sure. level, or even just a lot of the middle school clubs that were cut. Bringing them back, right, that, which,
1: that's all gonna add more than the
0: level service requires. Exactly, and that's where uh, Lucas kind of continued and took that extra step mm-hmm. and say, all right, so here, again, if we just kind of copy and paste one year to the next, you know, this is how much money that we're, we were gonna need, but then if we're looking for the kind of like like partially restore and to take a lot of the the positions that were cut last year Mm -hmm. There was some that were cut due to enrollment sure changes there was also a number that were cut just because we couldn't afford it as a a community if we were looking to kind of reincorporate some of that if we were looking to bring back some of the middle school clubs Mm -hmm. um you know here's how much that would cost and that that's an extra you know about like an extra million and a half Mm -hmm. on top of just the level
1: service service yeah Let's go back and spend a little bit of time because I think it's worthwhile, especially in this forum, with the revolving funds. The town, as I understand it from a financial perspective, they have the enterprise accounts. So, the water, sewer, stormwater, trash, those are all user based fees. They go into the pot. The town has a policy that they keep X amount as a low water mark, effectively, and then they also pay for the services and their capital funding, et cetera, all comes out of the enterprise funds. The equivalent effectively, although it's different accounting, but it's functionally the same, at least in my mind, and I think people could follow along. So you got bus services, you've got sports. Those go into this revolving account for sports, for busing, for, and you've got X number of them. And then the expenses for sports the expenses for busing the expenses for student activity fees then come out of that and you had a policy whereby you would keep a year's worth of that in and out right so if it was three million dollars a year for whatever you kept that as a low watermark effectively you've dipped into that so whatever's coming in in September is going out effectively in October, if not September, because you don't have any buffer to kind of pay Peter and pay Paul,
0: at the, you know, f- from the funds. Right. And and the the thing with the funds too is that it's not uh, you know we're subsidizing all of these users in fees. addition
1: <laughs> right. to what the users pay. Because yes, I think it's been referenced that especially on the transportation piece. You're only
0: paying, the users are only paying a portion of the total cost of transportation. Right, it's there, you know, so when you, and, and it's a, you know, it's still a, a big check when you write it. Correct. You know, it's about $350 per student okay. uh, that you're putting on the bus, but um, that only covers about 40% of the total cost. Mm-hmm. The, the the budget, the operating budget, is picking up the, or the, in this case, revolving accounts, picking up the other 60%. Sure. And so, yeah, when, when we're completely depleting all of that too Mm -hmm. it's like well that 60 percent has to come from somewhere right either we completely you know uh make it so that if if you're riding the bus you're paying a hundred percent of the cost Mm -hmm. to ride the bus right and i mean we're talking about astronomical user fees um or it's again kind of coming out of that operating budget Mm -hmm. because it has to kind of get paid out somehow yeah yeah so i think that
1: certainly the level service term it has been around, but it's coming back certainly because of the budget discussions, and I think spending time on that is key. The revolving fund has always been kind of like, well, what is that about? So hopefully people will better understand kind of that concept, and clearly they can reach out to anybody in school, central office, through to you, even me. I, From what I know, I can answer with some confidence that that's what the revolving fund is.
0: Right, and, and it's not a you know, uh, I'm sure so many times, if you're paying, you know, if you're paying for, put a couple of kids on the bus and to enroll them in sports and to try to do, you know, Mm -hmm. come to the high school, um, you know, and paying for the Chromebook insurance and and all this stuff, you're you're looking and saying, like, all right, well, they they gotta be making money off of me. Uh, But, uh, no, it it is, you know, it's not even a a, a one-to-one. It's kind of still heavily subsidized uh, through the budget itself. And, you know, you could take an argument to say, well, that you know, it should be. It should be able to kind of, um, you know, you shouldn't have to be incredibly well off to afford to, to ride the bus or to play football.
1: Or have a school budget that we don't have to pay because it's been paid for by the taxes. Mm-hmm. That would be a novel concept.
0: Right. Like, <laughs> you know, because you see that sometimes a lot of like, when we talk about like, those middle school clubs, I think um, a, f- a few of them have kind of come back through the lifelong learning program. Correct. Right. And, and but still, user-based fees in that case well, too. Well, it's user-based fees, and you can you can also see the the um, the lack of the subsidy because with with lifelong learning, it is just you know what they take what they you know what what it costs is what they charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, before, especially at the middle school level, it was you pay seventy five dollars one time, and your child gets like a buffet of dozens of different. Uh, after school clubs clubs to that they had from. to offer yep, yep. and they could they could pick and choose and drop in and out. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was wonderful. And, uh, you know, with some of the latest offerings, it was $100 for one club. And because that's that's the cost, you know, when you mm-hmm. kind of get down to brass tacks, that's the cost. But, you know, I, it was nice to kind of be in a community where the school budget was able to afford mm-hmm. Some amazing after school programs, especially so when you you know when we talk about it, not only was it was it, you know there was some there was some really great extracurricular activities that were being mm-hmm. offered, but it's kind of piggybacking on a conversation about the the safe coalition and about you know what are students kind of doing after they they get mm-hmm. out of school and right. some of the the issues that they're kind of encountering. When we're able to also provide some amazing after-school activities, right. where where they're engaged, where there's you know a trusted adult that's kind of supervising uh-huh. the whole operation, right. you know there's that qualitative um, aspect to it as well. That unfortunately, right now our budget just doesn't no, no. account for, isn't able <laughs> no, to for. And it hasn't for a while because
1: I don't want to be the dead horse. But I started this back in 2006 and 2007 because. There were budget cuts and oh, by the way, there were fees. The high school fees for sports and athletics started when my daughters were going to school and they've only increased since then. Mm-hmm. You know, in a perfect world, it would be nice if we truly funded the education we want for the portrait of a graduate. And that kind of discussion is going to come up seriously this time around in terms of how much do we want to afford to pay for that education.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's uh, we've for as long as I can remember, people have been talking about that that fiscal cliff, mm-hmm. and you know, through one way, you know, sometimes it was uh, depleting of like the, the stabilization fund right. uh, that's been been slowly rebuilt. Other times, kind of COVID came around, and there was just federal money coming everywhere that sure. continued to stave it off. But we're are at, at the precipice right now. We're we're looking at that, you know, the, when we had our meeting on the right. thirteenth. Just staring into that mm-hmm. abyss over the cliff because it's it's coming, you yeah. know. Because, um, you know, when when Lucas kind of presented it, that that level service, you know, he also kind of uh, included it in the context of a two and a half percent increase from FY24. Well, that's what to I was going to get to, yeah.
1: Because while it sounds great that a level service, okay, it costs ten percent, but how realistic is the ten percent that we're going to get? Because if we don't, then oh by the way, if we go back to the two percent, there's a big difference there, yeah. and that's where other programs are now going to be quote on the chopping block right. for you know, and that people need to be aware of that and have that discussion.
0: Be aware of it, because there's it's just not realistic for any one department at all, much less no. the schools who take up over half of the, the the entire budget, to expect a 10% increase from one year over Mm -hmm. the next. As, you know, uh, Councillor Frangelio, you know, points out that, you know, the pot just isn't big Big enough enough. Um, because in order for the schools to kind of get something like that, it means that every other department is taking considerable cuts. Mm -hmm. uh, But uh, so Lucas also kind of presented it to say if we're looking at that 2.5% increase uh, which, you know, ties right into that's the, the prop two and a half, where, mm-hmm. you know, are unable to kind of increase it any more than that tax levy, even two and a half percent. You're looking at five point five million dollars in cuts. Uh, and again, just from the level service of what we already have this year without bringing back anything else. Nothing else to to, yeah, to be reincorporated. There's, there's also there's no new initiatives. There's no new growth um it's just exactly what we have today um five and a half million dollars less tomorrow
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh you know in one of the the stats that i remember hearing when um years ago this is uh um, tim keenan would, would talk about it in the mm. school yes. committee uh but that if you look at that like the the um it's like the, the per pupil expenditure yes that uh, you know, at the time, Franklin was in the bottom 25%. So mm-hmm. 75% of other school districts were investing more per pupil than Franklin. Since then, we've dropped to 80%. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you're cutting five and a half million dollars from this already, you know, very slim um, budget, budget, uh, you know, it's we're we're falling even further and further behind. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that. We always talked about like sometimes we're a victim of our own success. Like we right. hear all the amazing yes. Yes. Uh, you know, accomplishments of all of the, the students and the teachers and the staff, but when we continue to kind of slip further and further and further, it's, mm-hmm. it's just it's gonna erode all the amazing support that we built for these students uh, and these these families that you're gonna start to see that success erode over time as mm-hmm. well. And I think it's gonna be incredibly difficult to to regain a lot of the success that we've been experiencing once
1: it's gone. Well, and the list of the programs that have been cut since 2003 gets longer and longer. <laughs> and until that magic wand just gives us that extra pot of gold <laughs> with the which we can f- truly fund where we should, that list potentially is going to continue to grow. Right. Unless we take action and do something about it.
0: Exactly, and uh, I think that that's going to be a big focus. Uh, March sixth, we have uh, the Joint Budget Subcommittee is kind of reconvening
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, at, at seven o'clock. I would highly recommend everybody to, to tune in, um, you know, be there in person if, if possible, yeah. uh, watch online or uh, or on TV because I think that's that's a big part of the conversation. I know last May, uh, it was one of the last uh, nights of the budget hearing. Mm-hmm. Jamie really kind of talked about the path forward and sure. says, "All right, well, if if." You know, we're, we're looking at this and we see that, that fiscal cliff, what are the options? And uh, way back, you know, 10 months ago, uh, the conversation was the schools need to be able to to start that ball and they need to be able to, to present to the joint budget to say, this is you know how much we need. This is how much we're really going to, if we want to thrive mm-hmm. and, and get past that, survive. Right. This is that number, you know, Lucas and Dr. Dutch and the whole team, they put together that number. Now they'll be presenting at that uh, March mm-hmm. 6th meeting of the Joint Budget Subcommittee. Right. So then that mix will get
1: into, and I believe as part of it, you've got not only, quote, this budget for FY25, but then you've kind of got the five-year output as well so that that'll match in with the town so that they can look at the total picture, not just FY25, but 26, 27, 28, et cetera. It may take more than one. To truly get us out of the hole, because respectfully, I'm not sure we can afford to take the big bite in one time anyway. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. I think um, Councilor Hamblin had had mentioned uh, at last year's uh, Joint Budget Subcommittee that when we look at like, a five-year uh, deficit, it was like I think about 11 million dollars over mm-hmm. five years that we'd be in the hole. Right. And um, yeah, even even some communities that did pass, uh, you know, very large overrides, it wasn't to no. to that extent in one yeah. shot. Um, but we're at least kind of presenting to say, you know, this is this is what, if we if we want to be able to have even just keep what we have right now, mm-hmm. there's still going to be an ask from the community. And, uh, but we, Lucas, you know, put together those numbers and they'll be presenting them, uh, you know, at the joint budget. And so hopefully it'll just kind of continue that traction where mm-hmm. we can say, you know, we're at that cliff. Right. Are we, are we just going to continue to kind of speed off of it or are we going to try to yeah build a bridge forward? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Thank you for taking time to help explain. And for the listeners, yeah, we haven't really spoken too much in terms of the dollars, because the dollars will change. But I think focusing on the concepts in terms of the level service, the revolving funds, kind of the thriving, restoring some things... You know, rather than just striving but thriving, restoring more things, and that's still not that entire list that people have seen of all the things that's been cut since two thousand three. That that would be another financial hurdle even further that we're not
0: ready to look at
1: yet because the numbers are just becoming staggering.
0: Right. You know, and that's I think you know George the Fincom will always ask uh, the department heads like, you know, you get that part of the, the gold at the end of the rainbow. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with what it? are You, Help, doing, you know. Yeah. What are you want? and I think that, you know, what, what we really kind of put forward over here is that we get to the part of the, you know, we get to that, that end of the rainbow. It's not all these other programs that have been cut. Um, it's, you know, it's not to reintroduce world languages at the elementary school level. It's just to be able to continue to provide the service that we're doing right now, mm-hmm. that, that so much of that stuff is. You know, almost beyond the rainbow, right? Right now, right. Uh, that we're just kind of in where we got to be realistic and say mm-hmm. this is how much it costs to kind of be able to, to educate a student today. Um, and you know, that's that's looking at the declining enrollment numbers and, and kind of taking that into consideration. Sure. Um, but it's looking at the increase of special education, the increase of mental health, and just all the the unfunded <clears throat> mandates. that, Unfortunately,
1: never mind inflation which certainly has a factor, and everybody gets it. Everybody knows inflation is out there. We've seen it in every other thing that we buy in our homes and regular lives. The one other solution I think uh, Consular Jones referenced that even if we indexed the Prop 2.5 to some sort of a cost of living, that would be a part of a solution, because Mm -hmm. now at least they would take that inflation factor out of And we may still have other things where it's just going to cost us more to do this or there may be a negotiation and a contract. You're going to require an increase, but obviously then you can put that in perspective. But if you've got that two and a half flat, no ifs, no buts, and it's not really realistic (laughs) to that extent, and I know I just, you know, misspoke to that extent, (laughs) it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that we're, you know, we acknowledge inflation and yet, we have to deal with it. It's like, uh, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So, thank you for spending time. Um, the discussion, I'm sure, will continue. Yes, <laughs> it will. This is
0: just the beginning. If there was a honeymoon period for me as the chair, I think it's, it's over now. It's and over. We're, <laughs> we're uh, into the thick of it all with the budget. Hopefully you don't get us. more gray hairs as yeah. we go forward. <laughs> just hoping to keep the hair I got right now.
1: <laughs> Indeed. All right, so quick reminder, and we'll include in the show notes, if you missed the February 13th meeting, the video's available, the presentation for the school budget's available. As the March 6th Joint Budget Subcommittee agenda comes out, we'll be sharing that through Franklin Matters, Franklin.News. Get involved in the conversation. There's also a One Franklin group. If you haven't heard it, get involved. Get involved in the discussions there. It's a community issue. We're going to have to figure out how we, as a community, are going to want to support the kids who are the future of our community. It's, it's as simple as that. And it's going to be some dis- tough discussions. But let's keep the conversation civil as we go through that, at least. Admittedly, there will be tough discussions. Well, let's let's keep a civil discourse as we go through this. It will just help as we go
0: bottom line thank you for taking time absolutely thank you uh for this opportunity and for the listeners just for for listening and and being engaged and as always if you have any questions never hesitate to reach out Mm -hmm. and we do this as a quick
1: reminder because franklin matters we are now producing this in collaboration with franklin tv and franklin public radio this podcast is my public service effort for franklin but we can't do it alone we can always use your help how can you help